0: One says, during the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign in Judah, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. The Lord gave him victory over King Jehoiakim of Judah, which is interesting that God has given enemy territory here, but he permitted him to take some of the sacred objects from the temple of God. So Nebuchadnezzar took them back to the land of Babylonia, and, or Babylon, and in place of them, a treasure house of his god. Then God ordered Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to bring to the palace some of the young men of Judah's royal family and other noble families who had been brought to Babylon as captives. Select only the strong, the healthy, the good-looking young men, he said. Make sure that they are well versed in every branch of learning and are gifted with knowledge and good judgment, and are suited to serve in the royal palace. Train these young men in the language and literature of Babylon. The king assigned them a daily ration of food and wine from his kitchens, and they were to be trained for three years. And then they would enter into the royal service. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. And the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel, he called Belshazzar, Hananiah was called Shadrach, Mishael was called Meshach, and Azariah was called Abednego. And we're gonna journey with these guys over the course of the next few weeks how this uh, true underdog story, uh, a matchup of the great king, the great nation of Babylon versus these young teenagers, and how God was good and faithful and with them throughout all of the horrific stans- circumstances that they were in. So we're going to dive into that a little bit before I do. Uh, you need to let the people around you know who you're go- going for today, all right? You got Chiefs, Niners, Taylor Swift. She made the uh, Super Bowl in her rookie season. And lots of stuff happening in Vegas. I don't know if you heard the news, but Madden, Madden dropped their uh, 2025 cover today, and or this week, and look at look who it is. So anyway, um, Go ahead, say hello to two or three or four people, welcome them, let them know how glad you are that they came today. All right, I want to welcome you guys in, welcome in our Freedom Online Church family as well. Thank you for live streaming with us and worshiping with us at home or in your car or those who are listening later on the podcast or watching on YouTube later. I always appreciate our online church family as well. Um, I forgot to mention this earlier, I was going to plug this, but um, we were talking about connect groups and getting involved in connect groups and how some of them are launching. Some of them are going to launch a little bit later. We're throwing around some ideas of maybe a hiking group a little bit later. Um, I'm with the, and some of you guys are wearing your jerseys today, which is great, or a sports team, different things like that, which I'm excited for. I'm on team PB&J today. So this was our pickleball group, Pickleball and Jesus. Um, And so you guys made a shirt for me. Uh, last year for our group. We'll be looking at starting sometime late spring once uh, we get a little bit better weather, starting up another PB&J group, Pick and Bible Study. So we'll get you information when that group is joining as well. But I, I do, I want to encourage everybody in here, if you're not in a group, get in, get in one, start connecting with people, start plugging in. You know, sometimes we have people that, that come, and I, and I get it, right? If we come here and then all of a sudden you know, we're gone for a few weeks, we're gone, and then we get sick, or maybe we've got to go away or do something. It can be kind of disheartening to leave a church family and, and no one calls or anything like that. And I'm just going to say, if, if, if the, the intensity of your relationships is confined to here, you're probably not going to get that phone call from people just here. Where are you going to get the phone call of someone if you're gone? And you're like, hey, you haven't been around for a while. How are you doing? Are you doing okay? What's going on? That call is going to come from your connect group because you've got a stronger connection and relationship with those people who you're doing life with week in and week out. That's where that's gonna come from. It's not anything wrong with here. It's just this room, which I love, is not designed for intimate, close relationships. That's our connect groups. That's that place. And that's that's quite honestly what we're trying to do as a church is is build stronger relationships. This is a great place. It's just not designed in that manner. Now we have an, a, a historic matchup in front of us today, and it's not the Niners and Chiefs. It is, it is uh, these guys, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and you have the king of Babylon right here. Now, just a little bit of historical context, because I realize some of us, you know, we're having even trouble finding Daniel in the Bible, which go about halfway, and you're going to open up to the Psalms, turn a little bit to your right, and you're going to see these big, long books called Isaiah and Ezekiel. and and Jeremiah, and then just past there, there's a a bunch of tiny little books called The Minor Prophets. Daniel starts you off in The Minor Prophets there, so you can find them in your Bible, kind of a little bit towards the right of halfway. Anyway, uh, Babylon comes and conquers Israel. Before that, you had, um, Israel kind of had a civil war. You had Judah and then Israel. They were all one nation, had a civil war. Well, Assyria comes in and wipes out uh, Israel, the northern kingdom, and basically takes them captive, all right? So Judah's still hanging on by a thread. Babylon, at that time, doesn't even really, they exist, but they're not this great power. Babylon rises to power, wipes out Assyria, and then comes in and wipes out um, uh, Judah, which is the rest of Israel. So that's where Daniel 1 is taking place, roughly like 600 B.C., okay? Rough, roughly in that time frame. So 600 years before Jesus come. Now, We're not getting into it today, but Persia rises up after Babylon and comes in 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 Daniel 6, which we'll read about, and boom, wipes out Babylon, Persia's in in control. And then, again, we're not getting into it, but Greece, Alexander the Great, wipes out everything in this territory. The Greeks take over, and then in Jesus' time, Rome. So this area is in a lot of turmoil um, throughout history. But that's kind of the major powers and what's coming now. I want you to see a map here, so we get an mo- idea. This is modern day map here of, of you see Iraq and Saudi Arabia and Syria and Israel right there. Go ahead and go to the next one here, just so you have a little bit of a context here. That's Babylon at the height of its empire, roughly in that in that kind of that same area there. So uh, Jerusalem is right here. Babylon is right here. That's roughly 900 miles away, 1,000 miles away. So these boys, these guys, just had their whole country, their whole lifestyle, their dreams, their plans, their hopes just torn apart. Their nation just got wiped out. They probably had friends and family members die or tortured or something horrific that just happened to them now they are taken captive as teenagers. Most, most uh, scholars would say they're probably, you know, 15-ish or so, but they're all in this agreement that they're in that teenage years. They're taken away. No family, no anything, and they're, 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 they're brought in here. And they said, hey, bring in the teens. We want the, the strong, the healthy, the good-looking ones, the ones mo- voted most likely to succeed, all right? Go find those guys. Bring them in. And what's interesting here, what's going on here? Babylon would, would conquer, but then they're taking, hey, let's, take the, let's not only destroy their presence, let's destroy their future too. We're going we're to indoctrinate and brainwash these guys. They have no hope in Israel, so we're going to bring them in on our side. We're going to train them up. We're going to indoctrinate them. We're going to teach them our culture, our education, our literature, our language, our stuff, and we're going to bring them in on our side. And th- this is pretty typical for what they would do. And so not only that, that was the plan to bring them into the royal service. We're going to teach them their, their culture is dead. Their culture is gone. And so we're going to impart on them the Babylonian culture and the Babylonian way. And they're going to live out the Babylonian dream. All right. And, and not only did they do that, they changed their names, which is kind of interesting here. We read through this, and it doesn't really mean much to us. But in the original, okay, you had Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. All of these were good Hebrew names, and they were all had some sort of uh, connection to Yahweh, to God the, God, the one true God, the God that we serve. And so you can see Daniel is God is my judge. Hananiah, God has favored. Uh, Mishael, who is what God is, and then Jehovah has helped. Now, Babylon comes in and says, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, that name is gone. We give you new names. So here's the new names. And these all are attributed or associated with Babylonian gods. Your god is dead. We conquered your god. Your god didn't come to help you. Look who the god is that you are now going to be attached to. So Belshazzar is Bel, Bel, Bel's prince, which is a a Babylonian god. Um, Shadrach, may Bel protect his life command of Aku and servant of Nebo, these are all Babylonian gods. And basically, they're just saying, we've taken over your life, we're going to train you up, we'll treat you well, but you've got to change everything about who you are and what you do. And that's what's taking place in these first few verses that we see. It takes a little bit of work on our part. to We got to get there and see what a dire situation this was for these guys. That and, and, and to put ourselves into their shoes as, as, as young men, having everything uh, taken away from them. And here's the test. Here comes the test. The king assigns them in chapter 5 a daily ration of food, of wine from his own kitchens, and they were to be trained for three years. Okay, so this, is a, this isn't just a week. You know, we can read chapter 1 in about 10 minutes. Okay, three years, three years of schooling, and they would enter the, into the royal s- service. Now, we may think, what's the big deal? Eat the food. Go to school. You get to be associated with the king. And there's something bigger at play, which we'll dive into. Uh, Basically, this food was, was known to be dedicated to these false gods, to these pagan gods. And so they knew, as good Jewish boys, they knew, hey, this isn't food for us. We don't eat food that has been sacrificed and dedicated to pagan gods. And so this really goes against what, what we know to do and what we're going to do. This, goes against, this is like blaspheming our God to just go ahead and, and do this for these young guys. Now, I know that's a totally different culture than us, but if you read through the Old Testament and God lines out how we're going to live life, we're not going to eat food sacrificed to other gods. We're just not going to do it. It's unlawful and not okay. There, there's only one true God anyway. We're going to worship him. So they, so they had a choice to make. Go ahead and, and blend in and, and fit in and, and, and live and survive and actually even thrive in that environment. Or, or, hey, I got this command from God that, you know what, this is actually outrageous. And I, I can't, in good conscience, li- I don't want to live this way. I don't want to live in a way that blasphemes God day in and day out. And so they got a choice to make. And so what's interesting is to me, as I'm looking at it from the outside looking in, This is the perfect situation to compromise. Think about all they had gone through. All right, first thing is, as I'm thinking about it, where where Mike Brake would fail this test, all right, and where you might be thinking, oh, yeah, I probably failed this test too. One is it was dangerous. If you look in the next verse, in verse 10, they say, they kind of map out this plan. They say, we don't want to eat the cafeteria food, okay? Uh, The cafeteria food may be good, but we we want to choose something else. We We don't want to eat that. So they come up with this plan to say, hey, maybe for 10 days, test this out that we eat just vegetables and water. We're not going to participate in all this other stuff and see how it goes. And the guy who's overseeing them, he's nervous. Watch what he says. I'm afraid of the Lord, the king, who has ordered that you eat the food and wine. If you become pale and thin compared to the other use age, I'm afraid the king will have me beheaded. And we're going to see King Nebuchadnezzar over the course of next week. That dude's crazy. King Nebi is, is like out to get people. You, you cross his path, he's going to take your head off. So even something like this, King Nebi's servant, servant is just like, you know what, I don't, I don't, I'm going to die. If this doesn't go well, my head's on the line. So this is a dangerous thing. Compromise, man. I, listen, just eat some food. We're not getting anyone killed today, all right? So just eat the food. It's a perfect situation to compromise if, if I'm thinking about. It. Plus, this the pressure's on. The pressure is on from all the peers. Everybody else is doing it. Look at every they're, they're all following in line here. We are not the ones in control. We are the captives. We just got conquered. So it would be easy to compromise just looking around at everybody else. You add all these things up, it's dangerous. Uh, um, everyone else is doing it. I'd rather just be normal and fit in. This is not the place to shine and stand out, right? What's hard is standing up, standing firm, and standing out, and that's what these guys did. I'm thinking, too, it's hard because, look, the career was going to be jeopardized. They had a a track to go and be royal servants, right? They're already slaves. They're already captives, and this is probably the best case scenario for anybody who's like, you know what, here's a a good line to go in in our career path. Let's go ahead and follow that. But again, these guys are going to stand up and say, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. We'll, we'll go down this path, but not that way. I'm also thinking it'd be easy to compromise because it's probably amazing food. <laughs> that, that, that would get me right there. Anybody else? Come on now. Good food. All right. The king's food from the king's table. You're going to sit there and smell that bacon and they're not allowed to eat pork. All right. And you're going to smell that. I'm like, mm, everybody else is eating it. All right. I can hold up for a day. I can hold up for two days, three years at some point. Oh, come on now. Right, where would it get you? Where would, where would the, the compromise start to get in for you? I'm also thinking, you know what? No one would ever know. No one's going to know. Mom and dad, they're 1,000 miles away. There is no FaceTime. There is no internet. Who's going to know? It's the perfect situation for them to compromise because th- th- just them, they can make a little pact within themselves and no one would ever know the difference. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Only, guess what? What happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. It comes home with you and is in your brain. God would know. God would know, even though nobody else would know. It's the perfect situation because to compromise because God had let them down. What just took place? God's chosen people. The nation of Israel, the ones that he had been with throughout time, his chosen people just got obliterated. It's the perfect time to compromise, compromise because God, where are you? God, this protector, God is my judge, as Daniel's name would say. Where is he now? We're in chains. We're in bondage. Now, this is where You want to get out your Bible. If you brought your Bible today, I told you, hey, this year we're bringing our Bibles. Bring your Bibles in. If you brought them, fantastic. If you didn't, I'm not guilting you, but this would be a verse that you want to highlight. Maybe write it down um, on your notes, in your cell phone, or something. But verse 8 is going to be where we anchor in today because this is where we are going to live free. The the, the title of our message series uh, over the course of the coming weeks is The Rebel's Guide to Living Free in a World of Chains. I want you to live free, and I I want a little bit of a rebellious nature where we do stand out, where we do stand firm, and it's not in the way that you think as far as being able, we'll talk about it in a second, as far as like standing up and protesting and stuff like that. No. Daniel and these guys live free despite all the opposition. Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to him by the king. Now, some of your versions of of scripture might say Daniel resolved himself. He resolved himself not to defile. He had determined, he had predetermined what he was going to do. So he asked the chief of staff for permission not to eat the unacceptable unacceptable foods. So what's interesting here is, hey, they changed his name, nothing. He didn't say a word. Call me whatever you want. Say whatever you want about me. I know who I am. I know whose I am. But if you're going to call me to do something and act in a sinful way that is, that is contrary to what God has commanded me to do, now we got to talk. Now we got to figure out something. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Please test us for 10 days on a diet of vegetables and water. At the end of the 10 days... See how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Then make your decision in light of what you see. The attendant agreed to Daniel's suggestion and tested them for 10 days. Notice what they did not do. They did not make a scene. They stood up, all right, they stood up to this rule, but they didn't didn't make a big scene. Oh, no, no. We serve the one and only true God, Yahweh. And there's no, way, we're not going to this Babylonian school that teaches all these pagan gods and pagan theories. And Nebuchadnezzar better know that, you know, all, no, 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 no. What did they do? I would say they humbly and wisely presented a plan with respect to authority in their life. They humbly and wisely presented a plan that had respect to the authority in their life. Now, we don't know how that's going to go. Fortunately, it tells us that God gave these guys favor, incredible favor, and favor with this attendant to where he said, okay, for 10 days, we'll test it out and see. Good enough. And they end up passing the test How did they do this? How did Daniel and these guys stand up to the king? How are we going to stand up to, I could say culture, but quite honestly, you and I have a spiritual enemy that wants to influence us in such a way that says, I know you serve the one true God, and I know you are dedicated to his ways, But let's get you focused in on all these other gods. I want to change your identity and who you think you are and who you say you are, contrary to what he says, and let's go down this path. I want you to settle for a little bit less than God's best in your life. I want you to compromise. Oh, it doesn't seem in this little area, in this little area, in this little area. I don't want you to do anything of historical significance. I don't want you to do anything that's going to ruffle the feathers. I want you to just blend in, be normal, and just go with the flow. We have a spiritual enemy that wants you there. And Daniel and these guys, the key that I want you to write this down, this was it. Daniel pre-decided. If we're going to live free in a world that wants you wrapped up in chains, all right? Chains of addiction, chains to culture, changes to a whole lot of different things. If we're going to live free, if we're going to live free and rebel against all this stuff and, and change, we need to pre-decide. Daniel was determined not to defile himself. I've mentioned a, a few times this year how we are talking about, I want to love Los Alamos. I want to I reach Los Alamos with the gospel of Jesus. I want to partner with people who are about God's kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. Most of us, when we th- go about our daily lives, myself included, we are more not about Jesus' kingdom. We're kind of we're kingdom, D-U-M-B, when it comes to God's kingdom. We, we, we just, we, it, it, we, it doesn't pass our mind this invisible kingdom of God and what he's trying to do and the purposes that he wants to accomplish in our lives. If you're going to be successful in God's kingdom, your success will be determined by what you decide ahead. You you gotta make the decision ahead of time. So back to my teenage days and your teenage days, you can't make the decision while you're making out in the back of a car. You can't be making your decision on your theology of purity back in that moment. You gotta predecide what that's gonna be. Adults in the room, you can't predecide your your theology on purity and sex and marriage while you're stripping clothes in a bedroom with somebody who you barely know. You've got to pre-decide you pre- you pre-deci- your decisions. You cannot make your decision when you're at the bar two drinks in on what your theology is on alcohol in your life. By then, it's too late. If you're going to be successful in God's kingdom in all these different areas, one of the things that you're, that's going to help you out is determining ahead of time what I'm going to do and how I'm going to live my life and who I'm going to be. Trying to make these decisions in the moment you're going to lose. Making these decisions on the fly, you're going to lose. Which also, by the way, Jesus was at the bar. Jesus did hang out with those who people said he shouldn't be eating with them, he shouldn't be drinking with them, he shouldn't be speaking with them, but guess what? Jesus had predecided; He was going to be in the world, but he would not be of the world. You got to predecide How are you going to live your life? When I'm, when I'm looking for people who I want to partner with I called a couple weeks ago about I want I want encouragers I want I want people around me who are going to be encouragers but guess what I got to be one of those people too so I'm look I want to be this person I got to pre-decide, predecide who I want to be but I want to I want to be with people who this is what we're getting at today integrity I, I want people who live by principle I want to be a person who lives with integrity who lives with, principles. I'm going to partner with somebody who lives with principles. So just some of the principles off the top of my head, I want to be somebody who lives with generosity. I I want that to be a foundation of a principle of how I live my life. To, to not be stingy, to not be greedy, and I know my heart and your heart and all of our hearts naturally say mine, 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 mine. I want to be a person of principle. I want to live by generosity, so I'm predetermined. I'm going to give, even when I don't feel like it, which is why I never tell you. I will you'll hopefully never hear this from my lips. I, 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 I stopped saying a long time ago, hey, if you want to give in the offering, give as you feel led. Well, guess what? If I give as I feel led, I will never give because <laughs> I never feel led to give, right? I, I say, talk to God. See what he tells you to give and then do that. I, 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 I want to live by generosity. I want to live with gratitude in my life. I want. I don't care what the situation is. I want to partner with somebody who lives by principle of gratitude. I want to encourage her in my life. Rita and I, there's a, there's a saying that we have, Uh, We we have several of them, but one of them is get stronger, we're getting stronger, we're getting stronger. And that phrase comes out when anything bad would kind of come our way or negative or just something outlandish. We're like, what the heck is going on? Why is all this stuff coming our way? And then we kind of just like look at each other and know that we're in this kingdom battle, a spiritual battle, and we knuckles and pound it and just say, getting stronger, we're getting stronger. Something is happening that we don't like. Something is happening that is really causing us to stumble and wrestle or whatever. But we know through that wrestling, if we just power through on this kingdom side of things, God's got something greater on the other side, getting stronger, getting stronger. I want to live by these principles in my life. Every now and then, you have to, you'll have to stand out. Every now and then, in your workplace, in your home, you're going to have to take a stand. Or you're just going to blend in. This spiritual enemy wants to change your identity, disregard the one true God and follow the systems of this world, and many of us have, have, have caught and have been caught in that trap. We've taken the bait. He wants to lure us away from God's best and settle for a lower standard. Many of us, we've taken the trap on the, on the Sabbath. I want to live by the principle of the Sabbath. What's the Sabbath? It's not a day of the week, it's the principle of rest. We are so overwhelmed, and we are so overworked, and we are so stressed. Why? Because we followed into the American habit, the American culture of busyness. And so we load up our schedules, and we load up our kids' schedules, and we, load, and we wonder why we're so anxious all the time, because we have neglected the principle of Sabbath, that God has given as a gift in our lives to say, hey, guess what? Once a week, can you have like a beach day? Once a week, can you have, we don't have a beach here, but a mountain, like just no work. How awesome does that sound? How awesome does a beach day sound? Amazing, right? Well, God said, once a week, can we just do that? And we said, nope, got to do this, got to do the lawn, got to run the errands, got to do the laundry, got to do the, it's not just work, not paid work, we're on the go, never resting. I want to live by the principle of a Sabbath. Every now and then we got to stand out. Every now and then when you go into your office place and they're talking trash about your coworker and they're talking trash about your boss and the easy thing to do is just blend right in and laugh right in and that sort of stuff, you might make a decision. Resolve yourself to say, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of that conversation. You don't have to go blow up in their face, but you can resolve yourself to say, you know what? That's not who God designed me to be. I had a situation this past week talking about pickleball. All right, so if you go to my Instagram, it's chief stuff, pickleball stuff, and Taylor Swift stuff, all right? That's just on my search stuff. That's all I get on my feed now. Instagram knows what I like. So we're at with our our pickleball friends on a Saturday a couple weeks ago, and I want to show them this amazing play in one of the pro tournaments. It's called an around the pole, or yeah, around the pole. And so they they hit this dink, and it's kind of going to the corner. And you know how typically, like in tennis or in pickleball, you hit the ball over the net. Well, if the ball's going at at an angle of such that it's kind of like going, it hits... So it's inbounds, but then it's bouncing out of bounds you can actually run and hit it around the pole onto the other player's side of the court and it's legal so you don't have to hit it back over the net you go around the pole well there was one play of a pro where on one side he hit it around the pole he landed it in but the defender was right there and so he caught it and, and hit it back this guy then saw the ball heading all the way over to the other pole of the net, all right? He runs all the way over, and he hits it, a double around the pole hit. He gets the point, absolutely miraculous. It's amazing. So I, did, I, I saw this, and I wanted to show it to my friend because it's this amazing play. I go to Instagram, and do not do this, okay? I said, double around the pole, search, that's a bad search okay you get a lot of around the pole and you get a lot of flesh all right and I was like "Ah!" you know I'm like okay I did not want to do that then I was like someone's like Mike it's not around the pole it's around the post don't search for that one either okay all right just I made a decision I'm like I don't I, I wasn't going looking for that there it was I don't want to be associated with that. I, I made a decision. I predecided a long time ago. That's not what I want. Now I told you I follow the Chiefs. I follow Taylor Swift, so I'm getting lots of stuff. Patrick Mahomes' his wife, all right? She she has an Instagram and i follow her because you get behind the scenes of Patrick Mahomes my favorite player uh, with his kids and at home and all this sort of stuff so i do i i, I follow her well apparently this week she's made the cover of the sports illustrated swimsuit edition or something like that so i'm going through and what do i get is like stuff that i've predecided i don't want to be a part of or i don't want to see so what did i do unfollow I don't hate Britney and Mahomes and or anything like that. I've just like I have made decisions in my life to say this is not the path I want to go. I've predecided. Too many of us listen, listen, listen. We we make we don't make plans to. In our lives, there's a part of me that's just like Mike. Uh, it's just one look, or it's just one drink, it's just one conversation. It's, it's just one meal for these guys. What's the big stinking deal? But you know, no one has ever said, you know what, I want to I wanna grow up and be so in debt that I'm just, I mean, absolutely in debt. I stress myself out. I stress my wife out. I stress my kids. I'm working overtime, all this sort of stuff, because that's what I want to be. I want to be so addicted to pornography that, you know what, it ruins my family's life. I ruined my career. My kids hate me. My wife has left me because I want to be so addicted. No one ever says that. No one ever says those things, but you know those stories happen all the time, and you don't have to think very far to someone who is in a world of chains and not living free. No one wants to do those things, but no one ever really plans not to either. They just happen because we weren't paying attention and intentional and pre-deciding on the front end, how am I going to live my life for this God, the one true God. He wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to have a kingdom mindset and a kingdom purpose. Satan says, take the identity of culture, settle, and blend in. That's why this is so important. At the end of this, it says, at the end of the 10 days, Daniel and the three friends looked healthier, better and nourished than the young men eating at the assigned king. Which, by the way, after Easter, we're going to talk about this. Today, I'm talking about pre-deciding. We're going to spend six weeks after Easter talking about how do we do this. Because I know some of you all, you're like, you're hearing this, like, I want to do this, but how? I want to do this, but how? We're going to spend six weeks talking about the how after Easter, so, so after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of food and wine. God gave these four, God gave, God gave, God's doing, they're doing work, and then God's working behind the scenes, all right? These four young men, unusual aptitude for understanding in every aspect of literature and wisdom. So they went to the school. They studied the Pange gods. They learned it all, but they did not compromise. Teenagers, teenagers are doing this. Teenagers, young men and women are leading the way. You're never too young, you're never too old to do something amazing for God. God gave Daniel the special ability to interpret meetings of visions and dreams. He's going to use his gift later in the the next chapters. When the training period ordered by the king was completed. So three years, they complete. This three years takes place now. We read this in 10 minutes. That means this is a day-in, day-out grind. Day-in, day-out temptation. Day in, day out, predetermining, this is how I'm going to live my life. Day in, day out of the pressure from other people. This is not easy. This is perseverance on display. In one verse here, the king, after the training period ordered by the king was completed, one step at a time. How did they do it? One step. The chief of staff brought all the young men to King Nebuchadnezzar. King talked with them. No one impressed him as much as Daniel Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the royal service. Whenever the king consulted them in any matter requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, he found them 10 times, 10 times more capable than any of the magicians and enchanters in the entire kingdom. Listen, when you live on principle, when you live by principle, when you live with integrity, you may miss out on good, but you will never miss out on God. And one thing I forgot to mention, and this is so important, I'm going back to it. I want you to live by principles. I wanna be a person who is a person who lives by principles, but principles grow the more you feed them. I wanna be a person who lives by generosity. That grows the more I feed it. Guess what, the opposite is true. My natural self wants to go a different direction. I wanna live by emotions. I wanna live by pleasure. I want to go by what feels good, what sounds good, what looks good. If that's the principles you live by, and many of us do, and we all stumble from time to time, this is not a message on legalism. You know that will grow inside of you the more you feed it. So what are you feeding? What principles are you feeding? I don't, I don't have this on the screen, and I just saw this today today. It's in a different translation, verse five. So bring up verse five, but I'm gonna read you out of the NIV. If you have the NIV, look at this. It says, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table, lowercase k. They were to be trained for three years and after that, they were to enter the king's service, lowercase k. You're, You're eating from the king's table, it's just a matter of which, which letter K are you feeding from? Lowercase K or uppercase K? God's, God's that king's table. God has a feast for you in your Bible. God has a feast for you in your life. Which table are you eating from? Because he wants you to go into the king's service. Your choice on lowercase K, or I can be in the world, but not of the world. I serve uppercase K, big big G, God's kingdom. Had they compromised, and throughout this, had they compromised, nothing historic would happen. We wouldn't, who cares? They compromised, nothing historic happens. There's no story here. God has called them and us to stand out, but we don't stand out to make a statement. We stand out because God has called us to be different. Philippians 3 says we are citizens of heaven. You are not a citizen of this earth. You are not a citizen of the United States. Yes, you are, but you are a citizen of heaven above that. But you are not like that. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are set apart. God's very own possession As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he has called you out of darkness and into this wonderful light. Jesus said it like this as they were quarreling the disciples. Who's better? Who's the best in the kingdom? I want to sit next to you on your throne in heaven, God, because I want to be all this. And they're fighting just like we do in the world for power, status, all these things. And he says, no! You know how this world does it, and how they treat one another. And one of my favorite verses in all of scripture, Matthew 20, 26, he says, among you, it will be different. We will not blend in. We will love Los Alamos unconditionally. We will serve Los Alamos. We will be a light in Los Alamos. This is our predecision as a church of how we will live our lives. And this is also the gospel, of Jesus Christ, predecided." In the garden, right before his arrest, he's sweating blood. He doesn't want to go. I don't, God. If there's any other way, if there's any other way, I don't want to die on the cross. But not my will, your will. He predecided. He predecided that that's what he was going to do for us on the cross. He would give his life as a sacrifice for your sin and my sin. Where we screw up on this message, God said, "I'll pay the penalty for it." I just want a relationship with you. God predecided on you. You know that, right? God predecided. He said, "I love you. I know you. I know all the good about you. I know all the bad about you too, and I still choose you." God chooses you. He predecided. Said, "You. I want you. I want a relationship with you. I don't want just head knowledge. I don't want this uh, just um, lukewarm Christianity. I want. I want to be all in on you." So let's stand, let's stand, because I want to pray over this. I think God's calling us to s- some things here. I want to live in such a way that bring God's glory. Just in a moment of silence here before we pray, this is just you and God, head bowed and eyes closed. Ask God, It is there something that you need to pre-decide on in your life? Just between you and God. Is there a behavior, an attitude, An action, an environment, a relationship, a substance, a website, do you need to decide before you go home today what your action is going to be towards that, where you've been compromising, you have not been living by integrity? Take a second. Ask God. Let Him speak right to your soul. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week.